0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. Today in the studio. This is Michael Pollan. I've just finished recording the audiobook of How to Change Your Mind, the subtitle of which is What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence. This subject is something of a departure for me. I think a lot of people associate me with books about food and agriculture and maybe gardening. But if you go back far enough, there's a strain of interest or continuity that perhaps explains it. I think of my real subject as a writer is the human engagement with nature, with other species in nature. And I've been writing about that since my first book, Second Nature. In my third book, The Botany of Desire, I explored the co-evolutionary relationship between us and four plants. And these are all plants whose own success in nature turned on their ability to gratify our desires. And so I looked at our desire for food, our desire for beauty, and the plants that gratified it. But one I also looked at was the desire to change consciousness, which turns out to be universal in humans. It's a desire just like the desire to eat, the desire for sex, the desire for beauty. It's really deep and it's universal. And it's very curious because it doesn't seem on its face as adaptive as some of those other desires. But it turns out it's very important, and not just to relieve boredom or pain, but to actually heal the mind in some cases, give people spiritual experience, and I think add novelty to human lives and bring in new memes and metaphors and images that then go on to change cultural evolution. So you know, given that that's my real interest is this symbiotic relationship we have with other plants and fungi. I was really fascinated to learn a couple years ago that there had been a, a revival of research into psychedelics, a renaissance, beginning in the 90s and sort of out of view of most of us. And that this research, which was going on at prestigious institutions like NYU and Johns Hopkins and Imperial College in England, was turning up some really interesting findings about the mind and consciousness and the self and spiritual experience, all of which were being imaged to look what happens in the brain when people report these experiences of ego dissolution or a mystical experience. And also that they were proving very useful in helping people with depression and anxiety and obsession and addiction. And in fact, I wrote an article for The New Yorker looking at the use of psychedelic psilocybin, the ingredient in so-called magic mushrooms, to help people with the existential distress, as the doctors called it, at the approach of death, people who had very serious or often terminal cancer diagnoses. When I started interviewing these people and hearing their stories and hearing how they had completely reconceptualized their place in the world and their mortality— During a single guided psychedelic session, emerging having lost their fear of death and with a new understanding of what mattered in life and how to spend the rest of their lives, this seems so surprising and really implausible that I became very interested to explore it both in the third person as a journalist and in the first person as someone who wanted to have such an experience and see if it would indeed change my mind. The process of narrating this audiobook was, you know, this is something I've done for my last few books and I think is really useful and important for a writer as well as for a reader, was not unpleasant. <laughs> and, in fact, had moments of humor and pleasure. It's interesting to hear your words aloud. You know, I teach writing and I always tell my students, read your writing aloud. You're going to feel silly, but it's going to help you get better as a writer, because writing is fundamentally a musical form, and that the rhythms of English prose are really important to good writing and clarity. And you hear that as you read, and you hear mistakes too. And they're, you know, we changed a few things as we went through it, things that just sounded really awkward. Where you breathe, where you pause, all these things are very important in prose. And I'm occasionally abashed by some very long sentences that I have a partiality toward, and I almost wish I'd read the book earlier in the process and would have done some rewriting. But on the other hand, it's very interesting to relive the experience that I'm describing, and some of it was very emotional for me. I had encounters with death, encounters with people who have died in my life, and very strong kind of encounters with my son and my wife, and so it was very emotional to read this, and gratifying. The hard part is, you know, we use words all the time and quote things that we actually don't know how to pronounce. And I often ran aground, uh, especially with some Spanish. There's a part of the story of psilocybin, which involves an American banker going down to southern Mexico, to Oaxaca, and going to a village called, we think, (laughs) Huatla de Jimenez, And there is, of course, the Nahuatl word for the mushrooms, which was something like teonanatical. If I sound at all awkward when I say those words, it was because we had many, many takes. Then there's also the scientific words. The chemical term for MDMA has about 20 syllables and a couple numbers in it, and I struggled over that. Methylphenidate, which is Ritalin, it's used as a placebo in some of the trials. There was the science, and the Spanish, and the Nahuatl that I struggled over, which you never have to worry about when you're typing. So I am a strong believer in authors doing their own audiobooks. I like it when I listen to them. I feel like I'm being read a bedtime story by the person who really knows that story. And especially in first-person works of nonfiction, I think that there's an expectation that you're hearing from the author. When I first started publishing books during the age of audiobooks, and for me that was like 2006, I didn't do the first couple books, Omnivore's Dilemma and The Botany Desire, and we had an actor do it. And he was perfectly good, and he has a very good reputation, and I'm sure you've heard great audiobooks he's done. But my readers complained, and they were like, that doesn't sound like you. And I listened, and I thought, yeah, you know, I really need to kind of own this process. And even though it is a week out of your life to do one of these things, it is gratifying, and I sort of feel like it's part of my compact with my readers, which I take very seriously. So my dream narrator is me. I do listen to audiobooks, especially in the car. And I remember hearing recently Sapien's, Harari's book, which I think is a fascinating book. He doesn't read it, I don't think. I don't remember who does read it. It's a very English voice, but it enlivened a great many drives between Cornwall and Cambridge last year. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.